Okay, good morning everybody. Today's daf is Nazir daf Samachay, the second to last daf of Meseches Nazir. And uh, we are holding on daf Samach Dalar and Beis at the Mishnah on Samach Dalar and Beis. Today's year is sponsored by Dr. David Landerer, in honor of his wife and children, and Lila Nishmas' mother, Golda Basimcha Shalom. It is also sponsored by Lila Nishmas, Dovi Herman, uh, Mordechai David, Ben Shmuel Chaim, on his third yard site. He's, he's sponsored by his friends who miss him dearly. We all miss him dearly. He's in Shana Shev and Aliyah. And uh, the zechus of the learning we do here in base Mordechai David uh, should be in Aliyah's Neshama. It is also sponsored by Jeremy Lussman in commemoration of the 27th yard site of his grandfather, Jake Lussman, Yaakov Eliezer Ben Yosef in the Shem Shevan Aliyah, and it is also sponsored by Leora and Zach Orenshine for the first yard site of Leora's great grandmother, Freda Basleo, who is a Holocaust survivor with unwavering Emuna in the Shem Aliyah. We thank all of the sponsors very, very much for the sponsorship. So we're in the Mishnah over here on the bottom of Samach Aladim Beis and going over to Samach Aladim we're going to discuss what happens when you find a kever. You're in your backyard, you're doing some gardening, and then you find a body in the, uh, in the yard. So are you allowed to, it's inconvenient to have that in your backyard. So are you allowed to, uh, to move that? Or do we say, no, you're not allowed to just do Pinoy Kvaros, you're not allowed to just move around. And also, what's your responsibility in terms of doing further research? Is this the only body that's here? Maybe there are more bodies that are here. Maybe I have to, uh, have to figure out what to do with all, uh, you know, I have to do more investigation. Then the Gemara is going to have nine exceptions to the rules of the, uh, of the Mishnah. The Mishnah is going to set out a rule of what you have to do. We're going to have nine exceptions in the Gemara. And then the Gemara is going to define what is Tfisas HaKever, because part of the idea, of when, part of what the Mishnah tells us of what to do when you find a kever is that uh, if you when you move a kever rather is that you're not only going to move the kever you're going to move the tfisas hakever. So what exactly is a tfisas hakever? Then the Mishnah on the first Mishnah rather on Ahmed Beis is going to talk about Suffolk Negaim. It's uh, going to talk about Saraas. The reason it's mentioned over here in this Masechta, even though it's uh, mentioned in much uh, greater detail in the fifth parak of Masechus Negaim, is because it talks about what happens when a Suffolk Legabi Tumas Negaim comes up and there's a chilik whether the person is Becheskas Tuma or not. And that's similar to the Mishnah we had in Samach Gimel Amralev, Legabi Nazir, when he was Becheskas Tuma, that even Tumas Atahom is going to be him. So since in our entire discussion of Tumas HaTahom, the chazaka of the person going in to the uh, to to the uh, the exposure to that tuma makes a difference. So we talk about negayim over here also, where the chazaka is going to uh, to make a difference. The gemara is going to bring the source to be makel by a certain by certain types of uh, suffix nega, and that hopefully that discussion will bring us to the mishnah, the next mishnah on samachem beis, which uh, we probably won't get to. We'll probably save that for tomorrow, as uh, tomorrow's daf is a little bit of a shorter daf. Anyway, that mission talks about seven ways to be bodek azav, to see if he actually has tumazev or if there's just something that he ate or something like that that caused him to have what looks like uh, ziva. So let's begin again. So this Mishnah also is a little bit of a uh, change from uh, the topics of Masechus Nazir. Now we're going to talk about someone finds a dead body buried in his Rishos and he wants to move it out of his property. Is he allowed to do that? And the issue is, is this mace buried uh, on purpose um, you know, and, and with permission in this area? And if that's the case, then you have no head to, to, to just move a mace if he was allowed to be buried there and it was purposely 
buried there, even if it's just a single mace. And, and, and on top of that, you're also going to have to be choshesh that there might be other kvarim, because if this mace was put here on purpose, probably other mesim are in the vicinity as well. Or do we say, no, probably they just needed somewhere to put the body, so they put it here you know, temporarily, then something came up, and they forgot about it, or they couldn't do anything about it, but it was really meant to be, uh, to be buried somewhere else after some time. So, so even though, even in cases where there is an iser to, uh, to do a pinoya mace, to move a mace from one place to another, when they bury al that they're going to be mefana from one place to another, they did that during COVID a lot, that they were burying people with uh, the tanai, they just had to get them buried, and then they were doing al that they were going to move the bodies, uh, the bodies afterwards. So, uh, so in such a case, you might not even have to be choshesh to look for other, for other kvarim. So what's this Mishnah doing here? Because the Mishnah, Samad Gimel Amnal, mentioned the concept called raglayim ledavar, when it came to a nazir. And this Mishnah also mentions the concept of raglayim ledavar, that sometimes you have certain factors that indicate a certain results. So uh, that we follow those indicators. And that's, that's the whole connection, it seems, over here. Now, the Gemara Masech Sanhedrin of Memzayin Base tells us that there is an iser of a being mefana a kever hayadua. That if you have a kever that's put there midas that was put there on purpose, you're not allowed to move it. But the Gemara doesn't explain why. It doesn't explain what the iser is, and that's the whole premise of the mission: is that there is such an iser to just uh, stam take a kever and move it somewhere else. So the Gemara doesn't explain why it's aser. Now the Gemara says from Basra Daf Kufnin Hay says it's an iser of hotzas hamais from the kever mishum nivel hamais because maybe it's going to be masriya. It's going to be a uh, the body's going to start to smell. It's going to be a big genai. So the Chacham Sui writes that that's the primary reason for the Yisra of moving a mace from this kever. It's just that the post can mention other reasons in order to uh, to answer even in cases where there's not going to be a nivla mace. What would be an example of a case where there's not going to be a nivla mace? The mace is in an aron, so you're not uh, you don't have a nivel. It's just you're moving the box. You're not moving anything else. The box is still intact. So the Kolbo writes that the Tiltala Mason is Mitsa'er the Mace and it uh, causes them uh, the, the, uh, the, a certain fear because they, there's a concern that the Yom Hadin has arrived for them. Like Shmuel said to, to Shaul by the Balas Ov that, uh, that Shmuel had, uh, had arisen uh, with the Shlichus Lomihirgastani Lahalososi that, uh, that the, uh, the, the, uh, the, the mace, when the mace was talking, the mace's Lashon was Lomihirgastani. Why did you frighten me? Why did you terrify me? So when the mace is agitated that that's considered to be just not not nice to do to the mace. It frightens the mace on some level. The Gesher Chayim in the Chelet Beis, Parachafal of Hos Beis, writes that even when there's no Nivla Mace and there's no Charada for the mace, there's still in this of Bizayana Mace just from the very fact that you're being metaltalit from its place for no for no reason. That itself serves as a Bizayon. Rav Moshe has a Chuvin Yardei Chelet Aleph in Reish Mem Beis where he's Mechadish that since there's a Mitzvah in Torah to do Kvuras a mace, it must be that that Mitzvah is not just to do a Maisa Kvura, but it's a Mitzvah that the mace should be Kavur and calls man that you're any even for a moment when you take a mace and take him out of a kever, it's a bitul mitzvah of kvura, and that's the problem with uh, with moving a mace. But that's the premise. The premise is that there's some sort of problem. So says the Mishnah, Hamotzi mace a person finds a mace 
buried in his chatzar b'tchila, that he didn't know up until now that there was a mace in this place, and now he finds it. Uh, so Mushkov Kedarko, and the mace is buried the way a regular Jewish body would, uh, you would expect a regular Jewish body to be buried. The Gemara is going to say that if you find the mace sitting, sitting up, or you find that it's Rosh Munach Ben Yarkosov, that his head is between his knees or something like that, then it's Becheskas Kivrei Akum, and then you'd be allowed to move it, meaning you find it uh, buried the way Jewish people bury a mace. You find it in a kittel, in a talus or something. So the way Jewish people bury a mace, so you know it's a Jewish body. Notlo ve'estfusaso. So you're allowed to remove the mace, but you also have to take uh, with it the dirt that immediately surrounds the mace, and the Gemara is going to define how much dirt uh, that, that is. The, all the soft dirt around the area, and then you dig another three atzbaos in the karka, in the hard ground underneath it. That's what the Gemara is going to say. And the reason is mentioned in the Yerushalmi that the uh, moisture that comes out of the mace gets absorbed into the karka up to three atzbaos. That's what Tosh points out over here. That's what it says in the Yerushalmi. Now the Ritva and the Sechzbaos Baso and Daf Kofalaf writes that this din, that you have to remove the offer together with the mace, is on account of Kavara mace. So the Tzfaris Yisrael points out that we could uh, be mochiach, that this din is not because of Chshash Tumah, because the din is that if this mace was a nafel or a goy or a harug, then you don't have to remove the offer, even though they are also tame. So it must be that it's not a din in tumah, because not every mace is subject to this requirement of uh, removing the tfusas hagever. So it must be that it's a din in kavana mace. So only those mesim that are, that you have a chiv of kavana mace are subject to uh, to, to this. From the Rambam in Pirusha Mishnah, it sounds like it's really a din in tahara, because he says v'yachbar ben afar atichuach u'bekarka besula gimel atzbaos v'az yitar hamakom. That's how we have in the Rambam Pirusha Mishnah. Of course, that's a translation of uh, you know you have to look at the original to see if yitar means to cl- if he really wrote in Arabic to cleanse or to purify. Uh, you know, or to, to clean up or something like that. But anyway, that's what it sounds like, certainly in the way we have it in the Ram and Pirisham Shnayim. Shnayim, if you find two mesim, notlan viestfu sasan. You're allowed to remove those mes- those mesim with the dirt because uh, they're like two mesim. You could still assume that they were they were uh, that that, that uh, they were not buried there bikvius. They were just put there temporarily. But shlosha, once you find three mesim, im yesh bein arba amos shmona. If these mesim are buried in such a way that the distance between them is somewhere between four and eight amos, which is the normal amount of space you would put in between kvaros. In uh, in the ma'ara when they would bury in the ma'ara, sarezu shchunas kvaros. That becomes a chazaka of a beisak kvaros, and there's an iser to now to now move them. And you even have to be choshesh that there might be other bodies in the area, uh, as we'll soon see. But if there are three three mesim are buried uh, in an area that's less than four amos or more than eight amos apart from each other, then you're allowed to move them because it's not normal to bury in such a way. So we could assume that there uh, the, these three mesim were buried here b'shas al to remove them later on at some at some later date, and it just hasn't uh, hasn't happened yet. Now, in order to understand the four to eight amos calculation, it's important to understand uh, how exactly the uh, they used to do kvura that they used to bury uh, mesim in ma'aros, not what, what we're used to seeing a, a large flat area, you know, where they just uh, bury over a long uh, a, a giant surface of ground, and everyone's just buried one right next to the other. There's no one on top of the other. There's no 
uh, there's no in the walls. There's none. That was not the way it traditionally was. And if you go to Haramanuchus now, they're going back to that because Haramanuchus is full. So uh, so they need to come up with more space. So what they're doing is they're digging into the mountain and they're making these huge caves inside the mountain. They're they're chiseling out the mountain. And once you go inside, so not only do they now have no, more ground surface area, so that's easy, so they are able to bury there. They have the walls of the mountain that they're burying and they're putting uh, in, in these kuchen in the mountains. And on top of that, they're also, aside from that, they're also building like these parking garage type structures of, uh, you know, le- levels one on top of the other and they're connected to the ground through uh, through dirt that connects it to the, to the ground. But uh, it, it's so jarring. Many people go there and say, this isn't the way Jewish people bury, it really is much more the way Jewish people bury than, uh, than you know, historically at least. It's just not the what, what we're used to seeing. So it's very jarring for people. You have to figure out how, you know, what what constitutes kavura bekarka and what uh, doesn't constitute kavura bekarka. But uh, but the, the the point is that it was a very different uh, it was a very different kind of uh, kind of setup for the burial that they'd have a ma'ara and then they'd bury in the walls of the ma'ara and there were certain distances between the kvaros so the sugis of Basra go through carefully exactly how they would uh, how they would arrange that in a typical uh, situation now what they're doing is they're burying people on top of each other also the Israeli government gives uh, citizens I think uh, free uh, uh, burial but each couple. Gets gets one. So they bury one, whoever dies first gets lower down, then they fill up a little dirt, and then they bury. So you see like these, uh, these uh, you know, tombstones that are really just a split stone. It's in one, one area, two, two, uh, two squares instead of one long stone uh, for two people that are buried on the same spot. Okay, so that's probably halakhically fine also, if you put enough dirt in between them. It's just, again, very jarring to see, because it's not what we're, uh, what we're used to. So the Mishnah goes through the, uh, the Seidra Bedika. How do you check the area for Shkuna Sakvaro? So, Bodek Menu La'alan Esrim Amma. Your Bodek, from where the mace is, 20 Amos in, in each direction to see if there's another Ma'ara of uh, Kvura that's right nearby. Because each Ma'ara is about uh, 20 Amos away. So once you find that, uh, that once you found that based on the Tzura, the Kvura that uh, they used to have in those days, that there was an area that, uh, that, 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 that's uh, 20 Amos, so uh, you don't know which way the Ma'ara goes. You have to be Choshesh and be Bodik 20 Amos in all directions because you don't know which which part of the uh, of this Tzuras Kvura this was meaning which w- w- whether this is on the eastern end of the uh, of of whatever Kvura setup they had or on the western end or on the northern end so you got to go in all directions to see if this is part of some larger complex of uh, of Mason. If you find one that's 20 amos away from the original kever, that now generates a new chiyuv to check even further for another 20 amos. Because once you found three kvarim in this place, there's raglayim ludavar, that this place is used as a base of kvaros, and therefore you have to be choshesh for ma'ara of kvura, an additional ma'ara of kvura, so you have to be bodek if there are kvarim 20 amos around this mace. And then the Mishnah says, so, 
if you would have found this kever initially before you found the shechuna sekveros, you'd be able to remove it with the uh, offer around it, like when you find a mes yachid. But now that you found three mesim, and now that the, the, there's a kvius that this must be a shechuna sekveros, now you have to worry that there must be kvarim nosafim, that there must be other kvarim around, and therefore even if you find one kever within twenty amos, you have to assume that's part of a shechuna sekveros, and that demands a further bedika. So all the Mishnah is saying is, this one kever that you found within 20 amos, had you just found that, or had you only found that first, or you would have just taken it right away. You would have just moved it and the Tzvisa kever with it. But since it's coming in the context of having already found three kveros, less than 20 amos away from it, so now you assume this is a continuation of the cemetery that is here. And it's not just one mace. So now you have to be bodic uh, further 20 amos. So the Mishnah said that if you find a mace Mushkav Kedarko, you're allowed to remove the mace, but you have to take the offer with it. So the Gemara's Medayik, from the words of the Mishnah, in what the circumstances of this, uh, of this halacha are. So, Amar of Yehuda, Matzah Prat Lematzoi. First exception is the Mishnah says Matzah, which means Prat Lematzoi, excluding that which is Matzoi Kvar. Meaning, if you have in your Chatzar mace that you knew was buried there Bekvius, you're not allowed to remove it, even if it's a mace. Even if it's just a, uh, a single a single mace, that is how Tosos understands prat lematzoi. The Rashbam in Masechet Babasu explains prat lematzoi in Babasu Daf means that if you find three mesim and one of them was already known to you, then they don't have a din of shchunas kvaros um, because the din of shchunas kvaros is only when you have three that are yadua or three that are nimtzuata. But not if you have one that you knew about and then you find. Two more. So Tulsa's asked, but from the fact that it says Loshav Hamotse and it's being Mimai in Matsui, it sounds that the din of Shkunas Kvaros is Dafka by those that are found right now and not by those that you knew about uh, initially. And according to the Rashbam, it's not true because this din is said by, both by three that are Yeduim and by three that you found right now. And it's not uh, excluded from the din of Shkunas Kvaros unless some of them are Yadua and some of them are not Yadua, according to the Rashbam. So that's why Tulsa doesn't like the Rashbam's interpretation, that the Rashbam makes it sound like as long as there's uniformity in your knowledge about these three uh, these three mason, then, then it's a shchunas kvaros, whether it's three that you knew about or three that you didn't know about. But uh, says Tosos, it's not true. Uh, a shchunas kvaros is only if it's three that you didn't know about. If it's three that you knew about, so you, don't, you have no reason to assume that there are more that you uh, don't know about in an area where there are three that you do know about. So that's why Tosos matzah, prat matzah, means that if there was a single kever that you knew about that was their bekvius, you're not allowed to remove it, even if it's a mace yachid. So then we said, and from the way, then the second diuk we make, mace prat laharug, that if you find someone who was uh, murdered that was buried in your chatzar, then you're allowed to remove it, and you don't have to take the offer that surrounds it together with him. And if this harug is one of three, the three mason that you found there, it's not even mitztarib to the shechuna sakvaros, and you're allowed to remove uh, all of them, um, the, uh, because, uh, and you don't even need to look for other for other uh, kvarim, that uh, harug is not included in the whole category and in the whole bedika process. And then a third diuk, mushkav pratliyoshev, that if you find the mace buried biyeshiva, that the body is sitting up in some way and not the derech kvura that we would do where you lie the mace down, you're also allowed to remove it, you don't need to take the offer with it, and it's also not mitztarev to shchunas hakvaros. And then a fourth diuk, kedarko 
That excludes if, uh, a mace. If you find the mace buried in such a way where his head is between his legs and not the normal derech of kvur that we would do, you're also allowed to remove it and you don't need to take the dirt around it. And it's also not mitztarif to the shkunas hakvaros. Um, uh, so, uh, and, and then another din. So those are the diyukim we made from the particular words that the Mishnah chose to describe this halacha. But another din. Tani ula barchanina. Meis shechaser en lo tfusa If the mace at the time that it's buried is missing a piece of its body, then it doesn't have a din of tfusa. If you remove it sometime later, you don't need to take the dirt that immediately surrounds it together with it, nor does it have a din of shechunas kvaros. If you find three mason that are buried on an area that's between four and eight amos, and one of the mason is missing some part of its body, you don't have to be knowing a din of shechunas kvaros, and therefore you're allowed to remove them from their place, and you know you also don't have to be choshesh to look for additional kvarim in that location. So Gemara says, Vakalani my time alone. All of these things, if you have a mace that's buried sitting down or it's Rosh Hashanah Raglov, what's the reason that you don't need to take from the dirt around them when you remove the mace and uh, they don't have a din of Shkunas Kavaros? So Gemara explains, because I'm because we, we have a reasonable Chashash that maybe it's not, it's not a Jew, because the Tzura of the Kavura that uh, this uh, mace is buried in is totally not the way a Jewish person would be buried. So therefore, these dinim don't apply. Another few dinim, Matzashnaim, let's say, you find two mason buried in a way that Rosh Hashanah Bitzad Margalos of Shalzeh. That one's head is next to the other one's feet, uh, so they're 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 lined up in such a way. They also don't have din of tfusa nor shkunas kvaros because that's not the way the Jewish people buried mesim, and you have to be you have to assume that they're gayim and they don't have any of these uh, any of these dinim. This is the way Tosfos learns also. Matzah If you find three mesim, ha'echad yadua, and one of them you knew about that was buried here with shnayim tchila, but two of them you. Just just discovered right now, oh, Echa or one of them you just discovered right now, Shnayim Yiduim, but the other two you were well aware of, Yeshlem Tfusa, Ve'enlem Shkunas Kvaros. And you do have a din of Tfusa, but you don't have the din of, uh, of Shkunas Kvaros. That's the Girsa of the Rush. Tversol has a Girsa of Ainlehem Tfusa. And he says that it's worse than a Kevri Yadua, a single Kevri Yadua, where you're not allowed to remove it at all, or even from a Kevri Yachid that's Ain uh, Yadua, where you're allowed, you remove it together with the offer because uh, since these are not they, they're not the same as each other we, uh, they, we it must be that they were only buried here back right um, or that it's just Allah like that but uh, so the, the, the question it's question what the girsa should be whether yeshlem tfusa or einlem tfusa but it's definitely the einlem shkunas kvaros that since they're not all the same there's raglayim ludover that they weren't buried here the kvius they were buried here to be removed after a certain uh, period of time and therefore uh, there's uh, you don't have to you don't have a din of shkunas kvaros so the gemara says yeah and ma'isa rabbi yeshevav there was a story with rabbi yeshevav shabadu gumata shnayim yuduim vechatchila that he was bodek and he found two that were known about and one that was a surprise and they wanted to make it a a, a, a kvaros, and what, which means they wanted to make it usher to move this mason to require a bedik of an additional 20 amos. Some of the Rabbi Kiva, Rabbi Kiva said, Kol Yagata, Whatever efforts you made were for naught. 
Lo Amru Shkunas Kvaros, Elo Shloshi Yiduin, Elo Shloshi Tchila, that uh, the whole din of Shkunas Kvaros is only when the three Mason were already known to us, or there were three that you initially found just now. But when they're not all three uh, the same in that, in that uh, regard, whether, you know, in terms of whether you knew about them or not, then we don't have this, uh, this din. So, uh, so, so therefore, any effort you make to search further, to search within 20 Amos, were a wasted effort. So then the Mishnah had said that if a person finds a mace or shnei mason that are buried in his rishos, notlan ve'es tfusasan, that he's allowed to remove them, but he has to take the tfusasa kever as well. So says Gemara, what does that mean? Hechidami tfusa. Where do we find in the Torah this din that you need to take the dirt together with the mace? The uh, you know the 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 has gear some minayin letfusa right hechidami tfusa doesn't sound like it's asking where do we learn this from or where do we find such a thing in the Torah hechidami tfusa sounds like we're asking what the definition of tfusa is so the aruch has a gear some minayin letfusa and if you don't have that gear so, so you chalk it up to again a nazir language to uh, just an unusual language that we have here in Masechah's nazir so I'm Ravido I'm a crowd because the pasuk says when Yaakov Vinu tells Yosef about his kavura that you should lift, carry me out of Mitzrayim, and the word Mitzrayim is extra, because where do you think you're going to take him from? Um, meaning, obviously, that's where he was, so you take him from where he is. So obviously, so what he means to say is that from the offer of Mitzrayim, told me, and when, when you bury me in Mitzrayim on a temporary basis, so when you take me out of the Kever Almanas to bury me in Yisrael, take together with me some of the offer of Mitzrayim that I was already buried in. So you see that any time you're Mefana Emes, any time you, you move a mace from his kever, you're supposed to take some of the offer together with the, uh, with the mace. So the Kamashir Tfusa, so now we, okay, now I know what the basis of the concept of Tfusa Kever is. It's from Yaakov Avinu being moved from Mitzrayim to Yisrael, but Kamashir Tfusa, how much dirt do you take together with the mace? What exactly is the shear of Tfusa? So uh, you take all of the uh, soft dirt that, uh, that from around the mace, that the dirt softens from the, uh, from the, the moisture of the body that uh, goes into the area. And then on top of that, you dig into the virgin ground, the basula, the karka that's untouched, that's, un, that's, 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 uh, that's still hard karka, three etzbaos, and you take from, from that offer together with the mace. And the Yerushalmi explains that the reason for that is that the moisture from the mace gets absorbed three etzbaos deep into the karka. That's what Tosas quotes over here as well. In the Sefer Sidre Taros, he writes that the Yerushalmi does not mean to say that that's the reason for the dintfusa, because you don't need a reason for the dintfusa. The reason is that Yaakov Avinu is a source for the dintfusa, and it's not shaykh, uh, the, uh, the, the, that reason when it comes to Yaakov Avinu, because the goof of tzaddikim is shalim bekever. When you're dealing with a, with a tzaddik like Yaakov Avinu, we assume that the body is fully intact, even in the kever. But since it doesn't say in the Torah what the shir tfusa is, the Chum said, okay, so it must be, if the, we're not, the Torah didn't give us any number, didn't give us any shir to figure out what the tfusa kever is, we, we look at rov mesim and what area around the, uh, 
of the body, the mace impacts. So since it will impact an area, a typical mace will impact an area of Shalosh Hitzbos, that's what we assume, that since it's Nivla B'Karka, Shalosh Hitzbos, but the Iker Din Tfusa is a Sod Amuk Misode Mitzvah Skvura. There's a lot of uh, depth and, uh, and secrets of Torah within the, uh, within the concept of Kvura, a lot of Kabbalah, a lot of stuff like that. All of the Minhagim associated with it are uh, Kabbalistic and things like that. So probably Tfusa Kever is something that's well beyond uh, our, uh, our basic understanding. But the, uh, the, 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 the source is Yaakov Avinu. The shear is uh, Shalosh Hitzbos. But it's not that the reason, and, and Shalosh Hitzbos happens to be as far as the moisture goes. But it's not that that's the reason for Tzvusa Kever. That's how the Sijetaros uh, suggests. So the Gemara asks on the shear of Tzvusa Mesve, we have a brisa, the Kamashir Tfusa, Pirushab Lazar Rabbi Tzadik, Notalasakismin, you take the, uh, the, the, the broken pieces of the Aron that the mace was, uh, was buried in. I uh, mean, uh, the, the Tos says it was an Aron Shalshayish, it was a marble Aron. And he says, uh, the, because the Gemara says on Daphne and Aleph that a mace that's buried in Aron Shal eight, that there's no Rakvubis uh, ra, uh, of a mace is not Metame because it's mixed with the Rakvubis of the eights, meaning that since the eights also rots, so uh, the rotted pieces of the mace, or the decomposed pieces of the mace, are not really pure mace. And only when you bury it in Aron Shalshayish, where there's no Rakvubis, do we assume that there's Rekav of a mace. So that's what Tulsa assumes. So we're talking about a mace that's buried Arom, Arum, in an Aron Shalshayish. It's buried without any tachrichin uh, in an aron shal shayish. So that has a din of uh, of rekev. Again, the way our minig is that they bury a mason tachrichin that look like a kittel. They bury a mason in what looks like a, in like a white uh, garment. That's what that's one of the reasons the Taz quotes on the seder night that we wear a kittel. That the minig is to wear a kittel. One reason is that uh, um, that that uh, that that uh, the Taz quotes is to be maskir yomamisa. We'd have to want to remember you know, on the night that you're drinking four cups of wine, it's probably a good idea to remember that we're not here forever. Uh, otherwise, things can get uh, out of hands. That's what uh, some have a minig that a chassan in Shana Rishona doesn't wear a kittel at the Seder. So, uh, when I was just at a Shavuot last week, and the chassan asked me, Do I wear a kittel at the Seder? So, you follow your minig. So, I don't know what my minig is. Okay, so then it's a question what to do. Rabbi Yashiv held that uh, if you don't know what your minig is, then in Shana Rishona you do wear a kittel. But the svar not to is that it's uh, not such a cheerful thought for him to be thinking of Yom Amisa in Shana Rishon, that that's maybe not so uh, so appropriate. They say that one of the Gerar Rebbe's, that when he would take off the Kittel at the end of the Seder, he would say, I'm able to take off this Kittel, but there's going to come a time where I'm not able to take off the Kittel when I want to. Meaning that it was being the kind of the Taz, being Masker, um, being Masker, the Yom, uh, Yom Hamisa. Okay, so that's, that's one of the days in the Taz, as far as why we wear a Kittel. The other day is a much more cheerful day. But anyway, so the, uh, the, the Tfusak that we're talking about over here is, uh, is that meaning the, 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 the din that the Bryce is talking about over here is where you have uh, broken pieces of the Aron that the mace is in, and Tosas writes it's an Aron shall shayish. And, and that the mace is arum, the mace is uh, not wearing anything. Vesak sasos, and the pieces of Adama that are underneath the mace, vizorik um, esavadain, and they divide them into three parts. They, uh, they throw the uh, pieces of the arum and the pieces of, of karka that certainly don't have any mace mixed in with them. They, they chuck that, get rid of that. Umaniachas those that are a suffix, whether there's mace mixed in with it, they leave in a in a in a in a in a, 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 a that it shouldn't be uh, that people who are osetaru shouldn't become tame from it. Vashar and that which you know has parts of a mace in it, uh, it's got bone mixed.
mixed in. Mitztarif l'rov binyanu shalmeis l'rov atzamos. So it's mitztarif to uh, the rov binyan and rov atzamos uh, for the shear of tumas awel. That if you have an atzamos of a shear of rov binyan of the goof of the mace, or there's a shear of a rov akav, so it's mitami ba'ohel. And also it's mitztarif l'melot harvid rekev. So the shear of melot harvid rekev, the rakvubis of the mace that has uh, a shear of a melot harvid of a ladle full. That's mitami ba'ohel. So from this price you see that we're not mifan of the kever. Uh, when you're mifan of the kever, you don't have to take uh, the from the offer of the makom. You only take the parts where there's pieces of the mace that are vadai mixed in with it, or at least parts that are a suffix that there might be pieces of a mace mixed in with it, but not the other dirt around the area. So isn't this a kasher of Lazman Pedas who says that you take the uh, that the tvusa kever means that you take with the mace an additional three etzbaus of karka where the mace is not mixed in there at all? assuming like the sheet of Ben Azai, who disagrees with that b'risa? Titania, because the b'risa says v'kama shir tfusa. What is the shir tfusa? Am Rabbi Yochum Shem Ben Azai notel offer tichuach that you take you, you take offer tichuach from around the mace, the soft uh, dirt v'chover b'besula shal shetzbos. And then in addition to that, you dig into the uh, hard ground that has not been dug into three etzbaos. So that's the sheet of Ben Azai. That's the shita that Rebbe Lazar Rebbe Tzaduk, that Rebbe Lazar Rebbe Tzaduk is, uh, is following, unlike the shita of Rebbe Lazar Rebbe Tzaduk that was mentioned in the b'risa that we had just said. Okay, now we had said in the Mishnah, if you find three mesim in an area between four and eight amos apart from each other, then you know that's a shechuna sakvaros and that you're not allowed to move them. And bode kemenu, and we said you have to be bode from there on, another 20 amos, uh, because you, you, since you found them all in one place, you have to be choshesh for a, uh, for a shechuna Hakvarim in that uh, in in that place. So it says Gemara Amarava Badak Upana. If you're Badak and you found the mace that's buried in the Chatzar and you moved it, like uh, any mace Yechidi that you find a single mace, so you move it. Badak Upana. Then you uh, a different occasion. You're Badak your Chatzar. You find another mace. But again, it's only a single mace, so you move it. And then Badak Vashkach. And then you found another mace, a third mace. Had you found all three initially together at the same time, you would not have been allowed to move any of them because it's a Shechun Sakvaros. And you would have had to have been Choshesh for additional Kvarim. You would have to have been Bodek, another 20 Amos. But you already removed the first two Beheter because you only found them one at a time. So Lo Hai the din is that you're not allowed to be mefaned the third mace, but the first two, um, uh, the uh, you're not allowed to, you're not allowed to uh, to be mefaned the third mace to the to where you were, wherever you were mefaned the first two, because now you see that this is a makom kvius of kavura velo hani and you're not, but you're also not mechuyiv to bring back the first two that you are already removed to a different place, because at the time that you moved it, you did it beheter, and there was no third mace that you knew about, so it was it was. Uh, it was mutter. Um, the uh, the question is, does it have a din of shkunas akvaros? Do you need to look for other kvarim within twenty amos in every uh, in every direction? So Tosus writes that there are some that are gorious over here. Umashviluhu shkunas kvaros. That yes, of course, it becomes a shkunas kvaros because now you know that there were three mesim over here. So we're not going to make you undo what you did, but uh, it's still a shkunas kvaros. So there's machlokas achronim. What Tosus means? The Sidre Taras says that according to this girsa, Rava holds that even though you don't need to put the two back, but nevertheless, it still has the din of Shkunas HaKvaros, and you need to be bodek another 20 Amos, and that's what Tzfaris Tzion says as well. However, the Birchas Rosh writes that the kavan of this girsa is that you don't have to put the, the two that you removed back and, 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 and thereby give 
the area a din of Shechunas Akvaros. Rather, leave them where they are so that it won't have the status of Shechunas Kvaros. So we, even though Tosos has that girsa umash kvaros, the question is, how do you read that? Do you read? Do you read that lo hai mifanim legabi hamachrei, v'lo hai mifanim legabi haichad, and but imash v'leishchunas kvaros, it has become a shchunas kvaros, or do you read and you don't have to bring the other two back and thereby make it a shchunas kvaros? But uh, if you leave it as is, it's not a shchunas kvaros. So Gemara brings another lashon of Rabbi Ikedam Riyama Rabbi Kimishnit and Rishul Stefanos mifanalahon. Once you have the rishos to move the first two, because at the time you uh, you removed them, you didn't know that there was a third one. So then you're allowed to remove the third one as well, because that's just a mesichidi right now. Why don't we make it a shchunas kvaros? Why are you allowed to remove the third one according to this gear? So this uh, this ikeda uh, amri of Rava right now. Don't you see that it's a shchunas kvaros? And even if you don't have to bring the first two back, but how could you be? How could you move the third one? So I'm they found uh, any sort of uh, minor reason to be Metar Eretz Yisrael. Since the Cham wanted to be Metar Eretz Yisrael from any sort of Tumah, for the sake of the Taras, uh, the Tara of the Kohanim and those Etaros, they were Mesakin. And even if there's a good reason to, there's some sort of reason to, if there's any sort of reason to be Matir, removing the Tumah, you're allowed to do so. So in this case, where you already removed the other two, Beheter, so you're only left with one mace that you know about, the Chacham were Matir removing the that third mace as well. So the Mishnah said that a person who finds in his chatzar three mesim in an area between four and eight amos, he's not allowed to remove them, and he has to look for another 20 amos. So Badak Mai. So what happens if you look 20 amos around and you don't find anything? You don't find other mesim. Do we say that it's an Sparra Davar that there was not a Besakvaros, and even the three that you found were only buried here by a cry, they were only buried here temporarily? Because who buries only three mesim in a Besakvaros and no no more? So mainly you'd be allowed to remove even these three, or do we say no? Even if you don't find any more, the three themselves make up a Besakvaros, and therefore you're not allowed to remove them. So Amra Menashe Baryimya, Amrav, Shkunas Kvaros, that uh, this is the din of these three mesim is the din of Shkunas Kvaros, you're not allowed to remove them. Them, even if you don't find any additional uh, any additional mason, um, so uh, my, so the, some of the gears over here we have gears of my time. I'm reish lakish ilamatsu as eretz yisrael. It's a question whether you have such a gears because uh, Rav is just was just poshet lahachmir. So how is this the uh, tiru as eretz yisrael? So that's what the rishonim struggle with. Okay, the next the next mishnah moves into the area of negaim. So kol safik negaim. Anytime you have a suffix uh, of uh, of a negat saraas bitchila when you were still bechaskas tara so tar we have the right to assume that you remain bechazaka that you started bechaskas tara you're still bechaskas tara adlo niskak lutuma that's until uh, before uh, the, the, in the in the case where you didn't have a nega up until now and right now you don't know for sure the kohen was not machlit that you're tamei misha niskak lutuma but once you already had a nega and the suffix already arose whether you're tamei with another nega so then we assume that you're bechaskas tuma sveiko tamei. Then we assume that it's Sveiko Tameh, that the person is going to be Tameh. So it says, What's the makar of this din? That a person who's Bechaskas Tara does not become Tameh from a Suffolk Negaim. So Amr Avidah Amarav, Amr Krah, the Pasuk says by Tumas Negaim, Letaro o Letamo. Behold, the Pasuk Bechaskas Tara, Behold, the Pasuk Bechaskas Tara, Tchila. That since it mentions Tara before Tumah, we learn that you go after Tara Sanegaim, and therefore Sveikom Tara, that we're always looking for Tara by Negaim. Iyachi, if we learn 
learned that from the pasuk that we look for tara by negayim. I feel mishnah Even when the person was bechaskas tuma, we should be mitayer the new nega because he's uh, when a person is bechaskas tara, we don't have to learn uh, the, 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 from the pasuk uh, that uh, that he's tar because the din in kalatara uh, kula is to be mamed a person al cheskaso. I don't need a pasuk to tell me to be mamed a person al cheskaso. Elamai, I have a pasuk over here that says that we go even further over here to be uh, to assume tahara. So it must mean that we're uh, that even when a person is bechaskas tuma, we're gonna we're gonna assume that he's tar. So if it's really a pasuk that tells me we do more to uh, be mitar a person than we normally would in kalatara kula, then uh, then then it should be even if he's bechaskas tuma. So based on that, the Gemara changes its mind and says uh, from uh, from the, 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 the and, and explains that Rav was talking about a different situation. But the Gabi our Mishnah, you don't need a limit from a pasuk. It's a svara that everyone goes with the uh, with the chazaka. Ela ki itmar Rav Yudam Rav aha itmar. Rav Yudam Rav was said in the following context that in Beharis Kadmon Laseir Lavan that first the Beharis appeared in the Ora Basar and then uh, two uh, white hairs appeared. Tamim him Seir Lavan called the Beharis, but two white hairs appeared before the Beharis. Tahar, Suffolk, you don't know which one came first. Tamid, Rabbi Shua Amar Kiha. So my Kiha, what does he mean when he says Kiha? Amar Vida Kiha Vitar. It means it has a din of a nega that has uh, faded and is therefore Tahar. Vidilma Kiha Vitame. Maybe he means Kiha Vitame. So Amar Vidum Rav. That's what Rabbi Rav said. Amar Kra, Litaro O Litamo. So we, since it starts with the word Litaro, we learn that we should, we should be Mitaro Suffolk Nagayim. That's the context that it was originally said, not in the context of our Mishnah. Tomorrow, we'll pick up with the Mishnah on the bottom of Samachay Amnibes as we draw to the end of Maseches Nazi.